1: plan savings with three lines of t-mobile essentials versus comparable available plans plan features and taxes and fees may vary happy new year and welcome to the maggie and perloff show
2: year two officially starting today in a bit of unusual circumstances maggie's in the new jersey office <laughs> uh, with, yes. uh, are we allowed to say why yeah with some COVID issues right you're starting well- off getting it out of the way
3: this is my resolution for 2023 actually was get rid of COVID early. So basically I'm crushing it right now on the, <laughs> on the better side of this. So I should be back in the studio really right. soon, but uh New Jersey office for today, but we got a lot of football to talk about per lot.
2: Absolutely. And I think everyone should be happy about the way week 17 went because the what? Packers blew out the Vikings, as I think you predicted on uh, our picks, which yeah. we did via Twitter and Tom Brady and the Bucs are in the playoffs. So we have Aaron Rodgers and we have Tom Brady. We need Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady in the NFC playoff field. Without those guys, it would be one of the most boring playoff fields, at least quarterback-wise, that is possible. Now we get to see two of the top five quarterbacks of all time. And I'll tell you what, Maggie, I think both teams can be a little bit dangerous. What do you think?
3: Okay, well, first, Green Bay's got to get in, but they do have the best path of all the NFC teams that are fighting for the 7th seed, the Lions, who they play in Lambeau Week 18, yep. Seattle Seahawks. All Green Bay has to do is win, and they're in, so they have to feel good about that. But has Brock Purdy done nothing to you, Perloff? I mean, I thought you're Mr. Backup quarterback. I love Brock Purdy. You don't. You I, don't want to see, is, is he not good enough? You need Brady, and you mm, need Rodgers. Mm, right I, <laughs> I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. I would give actually the Green Bay Packers, who, again, have not even yet clinched a playoff spot. I think they are now the more dangerous team than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who right now, if the playoffs started today, would be playing the Dallas Cowboys, hosting them in Tampa, and I think the Cowboys would blow them out.
2: Wow. Here's the thing. First of all, the Packers are going to beat the Lions because the game is going to be played outside. And as Aaron Rodgers pointed out, Dome teams are not winning a Lambeau in December.
3: But I can't believe he said that.
2: The, here's the thing about the Cowboys— Yes, on paper, the Cowboys should blow out Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay has been completely inconsistent. They're just not that good of a team. Except that the Cowboys have been a little more wobbly, I think, than people expect in the second half. Their defense has not been good. I mean, they got run all over by the Jags. Gardner Minshew put up 34 against them. Gardner Minshew, who couldn't even barely get in the end zone last week for the Eagles. I I think the Cowboys' defense is is not scaring Tom Brady through for 400 yards yesterday. Maggie, what about that? What about those old school Tom Brady numbers?
3: I know, crazy yesterday. 34 for 45, 432 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Like, hello, three to Mike Evans. Where's that been? But I'll tell you what, I think it's more of an aberration than anything. It's the fact that Carolina's corners were decimated. Mike Evans finally goes off for the first time since, what, week five? I mean, he's been in a coma, maybe injured, whatever. I think this was more like, the, the Bucks have been hanging on by winging a prayer. They've needed double-digit fourth-quarter comebacks in all of these games. And I don't think the Dallas Cowboys, you know, Tony Pollard, whether he's healthy or not, I don't think that they're going to let Tampa hang around in that way. I think they're just a better team. But for Green Bay, if they can just beat the Lions, which I agree, I think they are, which is a bummer because the Lions are such a good story this year, and I was really rooting for them to make the playoffs, just as a fan with no stake in it at all just a football fan. But the thing about the green Bay Packers is this was about the defense yesterday, the defense and the special teams, two of the maligned units of the green Bay Packers. Yes. Along with the offense, But it's not like Rodgers was amazing yesterday. He was good. He was 17 for 27. He was averaging five and a half yards a pass. I mean, he wasn't like barnstorming, but it was enough because Cousins was so bad on the other side with the three interceptions. They had four turnovers in all. And again, like you get a 105 yard kick return for a touchdown. You kind of know that the game's going your way right after you'd had a block punt and then you held the Vikings to a field goal. Like... Green Bay just was not going to be stopped. But if the defense keeps playing like this, yeah. then the, I, I believe in Green Bay more than anyone.
2: Well, but think about the more scenario. The, the scenario that you've already half painted, which I love, you have the Eagles beating the Giants in week 18 and the Cowboys playing the Bucks in the first round, which I think is the most yes. logical scenario. That would mean San Francisco, if they win, which they're going to in week 18, will be the number two seed. So Green Bay is going to play San Francisco. Now, when Green Bay was firing on all cylinders and the number one seed in the NFC, they had no chance against San Francisco in the playoffs. <laughs> now San Francisco yes. is playing out of their mind, and Green Bay is struggling. I don't know why you think that's a good matchup. You 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 think that the Cowboys are going to blow out the Bucks, but you don't think the Niners are going to blow out the Packers in San Francisco. That's interesting.
3: Well, so... I don't know, but I think that there is a Brock Purdy factor here, which, you know, again, Brock Purdy, admirable yesterday, but it was really the defense that came through in the overtime win against Stu's Raiders, which Stu's Raiders now become one of the more interesting teams in the entire (laughs) NFL, thanks to a Derek Carr benching and now a Jarrett Stidham, like... I didn't barely know that guy was still in the league, comes out and throws for over 300 yards yesterday on one of the best defenses in the entire NFL. We'll get to all the Raiders drama in a little bit, but I think there's something about Brock Purdy overcame some hiccups yesterday and still got it done. So great for him.
2: Come on, come, but- on, come on, forget Brock Purdy. They they no, guys saying... have proven they don't need, they can put anybody quarterback and beat the Packers in the playoffs. <laughs> they ran for 600 yards one game against them. And then last year, Jimmy G didn't even throw a touchdown and they beat them. Nick Bosa can single-handedly win that game by two touchdowns.
3: It's it's possible. <laughs> Bosa's insane. You're right. It's that good. But I don't know, maybe there's something to this and this is kind of like a half-baked idea, but maybe there's a little something about Green Bay. They've been underdogs this whole season, which is something they never get to be. Right, because of Rodgers and he's walking in the Hall of Fame and everything. So maybe there's something about having to win all these games as if they're playoff games. Everything's broken right for them so far. And maybe going on the road is the best thing for them. Maybe it's a little bit, you know, switch it up from the last mm. two years where they've lost at Lambeau, 49ers, the Bucks the year before. Brady throws three second half interceptions. They still can't win because there were no fans at Lambeau because it was the big COVID year. And maybe there's something about going on the road that helps. I don't know. But I like what Green Bay, if this is how they're going to play, which is the defense is is coming up big, the special teams is delivering, the offense is doing enough, running the ball, Rodgers is better. I like that formula rather than Tampa Bay, who's basically starts every fourth quarter behind two touchdowns <laughs> yeah. and asks Tom Brady to go be the GOAT.
2: Well, I think that they're... Okay, I understand everything you're saying. But Mike Evans catching those long balls on Sunday, to me, that should be the norm, not the aberration. I feel like he finally just focused on keeping his eye on the football, and it resulted in touchdowns galore. <laughs> I feel like if you get that Mike Evans in the playoffs, like an awake, non-comatose Mike Evans, as you put it, <laughs> then all of a sudden you've got a real team. I, I, you know what? It's funny. I Actually, I'm, I'm coming to this point. I think the Niners... I'm sorry, the Packers and the Bucks are the same exact team. You even just described the same team. They're unpredictable. They're dangerous. They both have some players on defense. I, I can't, but unlike you, I cannot put the Bucks behind the Packers. I think they're both going to need a bit of a miracle to get out of the first round, but I think they're both equally dangerous, where I feel like you have the Packers is more dangerous.
3: Yeah, I mean, I can give you a little fodder though, if you want for, to feel better about the Bucks and your prediction here. They get Ryan Jensen back from IR. He was the starting center who got hurt. I know all the way back in training camp, but you're getting a little bit healthier there. I mean, maybe that's something that helps along with the Mike Evans coming out of the coma. Maybe you're feeling better. I gotta be honest though, Todd Bowles post game pearl off. Was talking about how he was going to celebrate winning the NFC oh, South, yeah. and maybe, maybe this is a celebration worthy of that terrible division. One percent milk and Chips yeah. Ahoy cookies. Yeah. Can we not do any better for this man?
2: <laughs> Have you ever she- watched Todd Bowles on the sideline? That's the <laughs> most predictable celebration.
3: <laughs> I know this uh, is like this is New Year's Eve, Christmas rolled all into one for him. I one mean, percent milk, the forgotten milk. Just go skimmer two percent. Just pick a side and chips ahoy unless they're chewy i mean you're doing it all wrong you got to go oreo cookie there but i mean this is this is not have winner oh. written all over I it i
2: love your big takeaway from this is the cookie choice because i know how obsessed <laughs> you are with that but <laughs> Tabo's is honestly the biggest problem that that coaching staff in tampa bay has not done a good yeah, job Byron this Lefwich year too. yeah they it's, i don't know what they're going to do there i mean we're talking raiders we could have a whole side conversation about tom brady's future and, and whether it's in tampa bay but I don't think so. Yeah, this is, this is... I just think when you look at the NFC playoff picture, of Maggie, I know the Cowboys have a big advantage in round one, but I, I don't see any teams that Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers cannot beat. I, I think they're both equally 40% dangerous, if that makes sense. Like, they're 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 both going to be in these games. The Bucks are in every game, pretty much. I know yeah. they don't play well. They haven't gotten blown out much. I think that they're both equally dangerous. And you have to admit... Even if you're not into Tom Brady and the Bucs, if Tom Brady has the ball with a minute left and it's a close game, you would be nervous.
3: No one's scarier. No one's scarier <laughs> still to yeah. this day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's haunting <laughs> dreams. I mean, this is how he's won, what, his 19th divisional title in a 23-year career. Also this, if they do end up playing the Cowboys, I'm curious what you think of a stat like this. Brady 7-0 and all-time against Dallas. Does that mean he's yeah. due for a loss, or is that just continued dominance?
2: Yeah, I mean, remember that week one game, that 19-3 game when we all rode off Dallas, except for you. I'll give you credit for that. nineteen-three, and Dak was throwing to guys we barely knew. It uh, mm-hmm. feels like much, much different teams. And then, yeah, I, I think 7-0 is a real number. I just think Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers have been there. Jalen Hurts has not really been there. I know he was in the playoffs last year. Obviously, Daniel Jones has not been there. Dak has been there, but it hasn't worked well. There, there's a lot mm-hmm. of flaws in the NFC. It's nothing like your AFC and the Bills. That's three super teams ready to battle it out. The NFC feels really wide open, so I'm not counting out the old guys.
3: Yeah, and I mean, what about Jalen Hurts and his shoulder? We're going to get into all that. We want to hear from you, though. We want you to get involved in the show today because how's your team doing? How are you feeling about where your team is either in the playoffs or eliminated from the playoffs? Mike Samter still on paternity leave, but, but ouch. Oh, Jets no. getting eliminated yesterday, just rough.
2: He's clearly just waiting for the Jets to win a big game and – I don't know if he ever comes back. He might come back. I don't even know if he comes back. Week eleven. So we're here in New York, Maggie. The hallways are just a buzz with, oh, who should the Jets get next year? Should they get Lamar Jackson, Jimmy G, uh, Derek Carr? What I the I told you the Jets were not good. I tried to tell Samper that the Jets were not good. Now we'll <laughs> never get him back because the Jets are not going to win a meaningful game forever. <laughs>
3: You tried to tell us the Jets are not good. You tried to tell us that the Dolphins weren't good. We're going to get into that a little bit later. But phone lines are open at 855-212-4CBS, 855 212 Get on board 2023 and year two of the Maggie and Perloff show, which yeah. is awesome. Ooh. So much to get into today, and we want to hear from you. So coming up next... The one team everyone is sleeping on in the AFC. We'll get to that in just a moment. Perloff mentioned massive stakes tonight in the Bills-Bengals-Monday Night Football affair. I are hung you, up you, my Jim you, Kelly signed photo nice. just for a little extra mojo.
2: Yeah, are you fired up? I honestly, I'm not sure what this game means tonight. I know it's the game of the, game of the week in many ways. <laughs> But it's almost like, do you want to win this one? Because what if you face them again and they learn something from that? I don't know. It's tricky.
3: Yes. Yes. Always want to win. Only you're the only one who wants to lose and somehow maneuver this so you don't see someone a third time. No, I hope the Bills win tonight. They're two and a half point favorite right now on DraftKings. We're going to get to all that. We've got picks. We've got everything for you. Again, the one AFC team that everyone is sleeping on, plus who do you have more confidence in? Tom Brady now is the fourth seed with the Bucks, or if Aaron Rodgers and the Packers get in as the seventh seed with a win over the Detroit Lions in Week 18. Let's go. 2023, giddy up, get on board. We're back in a minute. I'm Maggie and Perloff on CBS Sports Radio, on Sirius XM Channel 158, on the absolutely free Odyssey app.
2: The NFL postseason, every Westwood 1 NFL broadcast streams live for free the wildcard round, the divisional round, the AFC and NFC championship games, the Pro Bowl games, and the Super Bowl. Catch all the action on the Odyssey app on westwood one com via Westwood 1 station streams.
4: the spring back into your step and into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.
2: Or by asking Alexa to open Westwood One Sports. It's all sponsored by AutoZone. Free battery testing, free battery charging, and replacement batteries that fit your needs. That's what makes AutoZone America's number one battery destination. Get in the zone, AutoZone. All right, going to talk a little more NFL. I just need. Uh, an update from you, Maggie, on what is going on on the corporate bowl name that I can't remember right now. <laughs>
3: uh Relia quest, obviously, Pearl Off. Uh Seven seconds left. It's 10-10, second and goal. Mississippi State is driving. Now the two teams are getting into a little bit of a skirmish. I think technically I'm not supposed to be doing play-by-play right. on the air. This could get us in trouble. <laughs> but uh, in the do-it-for-Mike-Leach bowl, uh, they're actually going to take a knee and go for the field goal. Um, and... You know, as the author of the air raid, it would always have loved and intended. So.
2: Uh, Caleb Williams for USC was just moving against his body and casually flipped the ball 65 yards down the field into a wide receiver's arms, which brings us to our <laughs> next topic. I'm watching Caleb Williams in USC uh, in the Cotton Bowl, and Stu Kovacs, our resident Raiders fan, said,
3: yeah. It's been a been a minute for Stu. It's been yeah, a wild yeah, two weeks. It has.
2: He said maybe the Raiders should tank next season to try and get this guy. Now, first of all, if Caleb Williams <laughs> keeps playing like this, there's gonna be about fourteen teams tanking for him next year.
4: <laughs> but is that it?
2: I think he hit on something important. Even though Jared Siddham had a great game on Sunday and a loss overtime loss to the Niners, uh over three hundred yards, looked really good, two interceptions, one wasn't his fault. I think they, they obviously have to address quarterback. They let Derek Carr, they didn't let him go. Sorry, they benched Derek Carr and he left, which is mysterious. So he is not the future. I don't think Stidham necessarily is the future. So what do you do if you are the Las Vegas Raiders?
3: Man, I only see this in two different ways. And unfortunately, I don't think tanking for Caleb Williams is going to be the answer because you already paid out Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller, Chandler Jones, Max Crosby, like... You're pretty invested in a team that's missing a lot on the offensive and defensive line, mm. and just the defense in general. So can you really start to tank? I, I, that's so, man, it's inspired, Stu. I mean, I I, I love it, but Visual I don't thinking. think they're in a position. Well, they're, num- thinking.
2: they're number eight in this year's draft. And that is a, that's right. a traditional quarterback spot. And there's, first of all, CJ Stroud was a revelation for Ohio State. In Saturday's Incredible. final four, and he had not played. I didn't think he played very well against Michigan. So he, all of a sudden, top ten guy. Will Levis looks like a top ten guy. Bryce Young's number one. That's all done. Yeah. So they're going to. They. I think that they could get either Levis or Stroud at that spot. Maybe Anthony Richardson feels a little rich. So maybe you just draft your guy now and have a, say a Jared Stidham as a bridge guy. What do you think of that?
3: Okay. So that's I think one option, right? The draft the quarterback option. Feels good, you know. I I think you're fine, but again, it's always a crapshoot. The second thing, though, is what if Tom Brady does want to come to Las Vegas? Now you're seeing some rumblings here. Brady looked fantastic, obviously throwing for over 400 yards yesterday, so he's obviously going to play next year. I think. I think that's obvious, right? Depends how this this playoff run goes. I doubt he's going back to Tampa. Seems like that ship sailed a while ago. And if we've learned anything about Brady Perloff, with all of the, you know, behind the scenes stuff with the dolphins that's come out and all the things have come out over the last couple of years, he's working now to find his next spot. Yeah, like, that's do true. you think the Derek Carr benching is has anything to do now I'm getting a little conspiracy theory mags here, but Do you think the Derek Carr benching – I know it had a lot to do with the injury guarantee for the money. They didn't want to pay him the $40 million if he got injured. But is it possible that Brady's been back-channeling this with McDaniels and Ziegler, these guys who are longtime Patriots, For the last couple weeks, I mean, Brady is a G. He moves in silence. Like he, <laughs> he is all behind the scenes. Like I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's talking to multiple teams. If he's talking to San Francisco, if he's talking to Miami again, and definitely the Raiders.
2: I well, I think you're overthinking. New Orleans. It. I think you're overthinking it a little bit. I, I think the Raiders were pretty desperate to get rid of Derek Carr anyway, and I think this benching makes it much easier to do that. Yeah. So I think that part. I'm not sure that Tom Brady's actually reaching out now. For, okay, maybe the Raiders, but San Francisco, San Francisco is what are they second or third in Super Bowl odds? You honestly think calling the Niners right now makes any sense. I think he wants to see Brock Purdy implode. Then he'll make his play. But <laughs> <It's a> strategically
3: <laughs> timed call. Yeah. Yeah. I mean,
2: I also I just think there's a lot to sort out. And all of a sudden, New Orleans is back in the picture with Sean Payton. So there's so much going on here. But let me ask you about the Raiders. Is Tom Brady look at that team and say, I can win here, like he did with the Bucs after New England? I'm not so sure. I feel like the offensive line is a bit of a problem. I feel like Josh Jacobs had to figure out what they're doing there. And the defense is terrible. I understand they have names on defense, but they stink.
3: Yeah, I, I agree with you. Now, remember, Brady goes to Tampa Bay at 2020. They draft Tristan Wirfs, I believe, with, what, 15th pick? I, he was, you know, and he was an offensive lineman that worked out great for them. Maybe they get another offensive lineman. You're good at left tackle. Colton Miller's good. Then maybe you make some upgrades in free agency. I know everyone says that about offensive line every offseason, so good yeah, luck to yeah. you.
2: I was like, that sounds familiar, Maggie. Okay, we're going to – the number one plan. We're going to upgrade the offensive line. Uh, thanks, there. Uh, <laughs> thanks, Bill Pullian. GM thanks.
3: Captain obvious. I know. (laughs) Hey, you're welcome for the free advice. (laughs) Um, but you know, maybe you make it work with a, with a draft pick with an offensive lineman and you have enough weapons. I I think he could probably talk himself into it. I mean, listen, if you're trying to plan out what's going to be the maybe last destination for you, if the 49ers are not an option, which I'm not taking off the table, what seems like a better, what's better. Is it going to be new Orleans or is it going to be Las Vegas? Now I would almost say New Orleans because the uh, division is going to be easier.
2: Yeah, that's true.
3: But going to New Orleans at the end does that really seem like the move? Maybe, maybe he goes back to Miami. Could that has that ship yeah. totally sailed after the tampering cost them a first round pick?
2: I don't think so. What? Who cares? That's that's ancient history in today's NFL. What about staying with the Bucs, though? Because if you're going to go to New Orleans, you could make a similar argument for Tampa Bay that you're still in the NFC South. I know that sounds Does weird. Does
3: anything about this season seem like fun? Would well, you want to run he, it back?
2: Well, the fact that he threw for 432 yards yesterday, that seemed like fun. Honestly, I think the Bucs might have a better roster than the Saints. The Saints are cap-strapped and really old. Yeah. And, I mean, look, you're depending on Mike Thomas to Beat come back Eagles for the Eagles yesterday. Yeah, with Gardner Minshew. But they, honestly, they, they're they pretty – they are an okay team. But Cam Jordan's 33. He's going to be 34. That's how it works. Uh, <laughs> eventually, it'll be 35.
3: Start, yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> I'm just giving you analytics here, Maggie. So, yeah, I don't know. It's you, the deep stuff. You could argue. But back to Vegas, though, I, I think I've, I haven't figured it out. I think they're going to draft a quarterback in, at number eight or seven or whatever they at. Because if you're the Raiders, you don't get in the top ten that much. And I think Josh McDaniels, remember he drafted, didn't he draft Tim Tebow? He kind of likes, so Will Levis would be a great Tim Tebow type. I feel like Josh McDaniels is going to make a stake on a rookie quarterback. Because think about it, Maggie, if you're a coach, what buys you more time than a rookie quarterback? It's everything. It's huge.
3: No, it's everything. But you probably need Stidham or somebody else as the bridge. (laughs) Keep them there or something like that. Right. And pretend there's a quarterback competition and training camp and do that whole charade. (laughs) And then it doesn't actually mean anything. Um, (laughs)
2: Then week six, yeah. put in the rookie. Yeah, we know the drill.
3: Yeah, well, just follow the, the the template. Um, I, it seems good. Can we just pause for a second though on Derek Carr? Yeah, because you know the idea that he's going to have this really robust market out there. Well, I I only think that's like half true. You know, Stu has said many times as a diehard Raider fan, Derek Carr doesn't play well in the cold weather. So you can scratch the New York Jets off of that. You want to play at MetLife Stadium in New York where it's disgusting half of the time. I mean, I just, I think I was surprised that Carr left the team. I really was. And Carr, someone who I feel like throughout his career has always taken the high road, has been the consistent guy who through last year with Gruden and Ruggs and all these terrible things. I mean, he was their North Star and he deserves so much praise for that. But good grief. I mean, you got benched. You can't run away. No. You know, I, I was very surprised that, you know, guys who have been much better caliber players have gotten benched. The fact that Derek Carr would leave the team to me was really shocking.
2: Well, he's, have you ever followed him on Twitter? He's Mr. Block Everybody, Mr. Get Upset About Everything That Everyone Says. He's always been that way, more so than his his brother is super tough-skinned, But uh, his brother David, who's with the NFL Network, I don't know. Derek has always been weird on social. So I think that's part of this. But I'm not hearing this thing about robust market for him, really. I mean, he's a bridge quarterback at best, right?
3: Well, I mean, listen, he was going to be slated to make $40 million this year. So that's a little bit more than a bridge. So, I mean, if I'm looking at how many teams actually have a solid quarterback situation going into next year.
2: Well... But isn't 10, it closer maybe? to Trubisky, uh, Trubisky? on last year's market? Then I, I don't think that I don't think someone's paying like saying, "Oh, I'm going to give him four years, 130 million, and build around Derek Carr." I think it's a one-year prove-it deal. No,
3: we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I think there could be teams out there that could be desperate to try to fill like think, Hey, we're good enough now. Or, you know, like this is who we've been, you know, this is who we want to take a flyer on Um,
2: fly. Yeah. But a flyer is one year. I honestly, even if the Raiders, as we, we remember we were coming into this year and we look at that Raiders contract and we pointed out, you know, they have an out after one year. I'm not sure they're that into Derek Carr. I can't imagine anyone's going to sign him for more than one year, one real year.
3: Well, but think about it. Like You're going to have a lot of things that are up in the air. The New Orleans Saints are up in the air, and the, they don't have their draft pick, right? Yeah, you but the Saints are the, not
2: going to bridge another. They're not They're not going to pay Derek Carr. They wouldn't pay Jameis. They're not going to pay anybody.
3: Miami Dolphins, what do you do with Tua after three concussions? I mean, honestly, the idea that you, you can't... Teddy Bridgewater, we don't even know if he's going to be starting week 18 because he broke his finger yesterday on a pick six. Talk about adding insult to injury. And you're just going to have a lot of moving parts, I think, in the NFL in terms of the quarterback carousel. And I think Derek Carr is going to look like a really good viable option. I'm just not really sure where where he is. Maybe you and I are kind of saying the same thing. I I just I don't know how robust the market's going to be, but I think a lot of a lot of teams could talk themselves into Derek Carr.
2: Yeah, I, I think the most you're going to get out of him is a bridge quarterback. A one-year deal. But Trubisky was one-year
3: $8 million. That's Yeah, I nothing. think
2: I think Carl will be one-year 15 to $20 million, Uh of real money. I, I mean, he's coming off. You got off... a team picked out? No, I have no idea. No, I don't have a team picked out. I mean, take every team you said, though, is a bridge situation. Miami, they still hope Tua is going to come back at some day. And they, they're not going to pay Derek Carr because aren't they going to wait on Tua? To see if he could stay healthy?
3: I I don't know if Tua's career is over or not. What about Tampa?
2: Yeah, but Tampa, all these situations feel like the Colts. They're going to string together Carson Wentz types. And I'm sorry, Derek Carr, that's the boat you're in right now. You're the new Carson Wentz. You're the guy who teams are going to make a mistake on. Oh, don't say
3: that about him. Don't say that about him. He he doesn't, he doesn't deserve that.
2: Carson Wentz was basically a Pro Bowler in Indy. Last year, through twenty-seven touchdowns and seven picks. I, honestly, I I think that's where he is. Year to year, he's gonna have to prove it. And I think Wentz and Carr have a lot of similarities. And I'm not. And I actually like Carson Wentz. I think a little more than the average citizen. Last night's game was or yesterday's <laughs> game was bad, but he was throwing more than
5: the commander commander friends uh, fans.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> but he was throwing
5: the
3: average a lot of those citizen. Picks, I love that.
2: A lot of those picks. It was third and nine. He throw the ball sixty yards down the field for an interception. I, I don't know. And also, he was coming back off an injury. And also, the Commanders stink. Yeah, that watch Derek watch <laughs> Carr end up in Washington. Then then what do you think, Maggie? I mean, that's there not you good. Go. That's not how good.
3: About, how about Jadavion Clowney yesterday? said, we knew the moment that we hit Carson Wentz, the game was over. Ouch. Uh, yeah. uh, let's go to our buddy Jay, who's in Alabama. Jay, Happy New Year. Um, Would love to talk football with you, but also love to know what your New Year's resolution is for 2023, because I feel like you've got something good.
6: It's a little out there, but it's a concept I thought it well, It's not a concept, but it's a book. I forget the author's name or whatever, but it's called Fourth Dimension Thinking. And, um, I mean, th- this is a sports show. We, I mean, we don't need to get all into it. But there's, um, speaking of audio books and stuff like that, you can go on YouTube. It's called Master Key Society, and they have a lot of stuff, a lot of material on this. Some of these um, recorders were made back in the Madden, um, the Mad Men days, but they're still relevant. But fourth dimension thinking—that's what I'm trying to focus on for the whole 2023. And I want to lose some weight because I'm, I'm, you know what I mean. I'm not, I'm not looking like I'm not looking like the smoke show I used to be. So I'm trying to. Get back
3: to that. I just looked it up. Fourth dimension thinking refers to the idea of factoring in the existence of obstacles and different time periods. Jay, good luck with all that. Yeah, um, Jay, uh, we're just trying to get the three-dimensional.
2: I'd, li- I'd like three-dimensional <laughs> thinking. What happened to that? You you already got that covered.
6: Oh well, you know you, you got to elevate. It's called it's called ascending or whatever. But also with fourth dimension thing, and I don't know if you ever heard of the law of attraction. It's not like how to get a hot date or love potion number nine. The law of attraction is like it's you got to look that up. It's 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 a really good thing. But between fourth dimension and fifth, you hear a lot of rappers talking about fifth dimension and all that stuff, and it's like, dude. Uh, there is a fourth dimension that you just skip past. You might want to research that first, but it is a real thing. It's called esoteric science and stuff like that. That you know, which I'm trying to study. I'm just trying to broaden my mind and, and be able to make better decisions in real time. You know what I mean?
3: Love it, love it. You're an inspiration. Uh, what what do you got on football?
6: Okay, I, I was going at it with Jody Mack and Zach Gail last week about this thing. The, mark my words. Derek Carr is going to wind up wind up over in Boston, and Mac Jones is going to wind up over here in uh, over in uh, Las Vegas. Just Ooh. think about it, because Mac Jones, mm. he was, when Mac Jones was Mac Jones, he was with Josh McDaniels. All right, Derek Carr needs to go somewhere else, but I can see that kind of trade happening. Those two swap or whatever, and you know how like the the the, the Patriots have this connection or whatever. You know how they'll do each other a solid. Bill O'Brien, or you know, Alabama, the whole state of Alabama has been trying to get rid of him since last year. I think he's going back to New England, <laughs> England and they finally get an O.C. But I, I see that happening. I see that happening. Ooh, so so here's the
3: only thing. So, Stu has talked about how Derek Carr is bad in cold weather. In games in which the temperature is 36 degrees or lower, he's 0-7. Now, I know wins maybe shouldn't be a quarterback stat, but he's also only completing somewhere around 53% of his passes when it's cold weather. I would be concerned about that. New England is obviously terrible weather. I mean, it's freezing there. And that's my one hesitation with Carr going to a northeastern place.
6: Well, he's grown up in California. Look, I'm from Tucson, Arizona. I've lived in Atlanta. I've lived in Nashville or whatever. It gets pretty cold. I've never seen, like, four seasons until I moved away from home. Like, you move away you, you're in it every day. You finally get acclimated and all those stats go out the window. He just hasn't full-time lived in a place where it's cold like that. And I, I tell anybody, you, you, once you start living there, you're not going to be thinking about, oh, it's cold and all the, like, no. You just got to live there to get acclimated, and I'm sure that's just going to go all out the window. But, hey, but I- I'm not hot take hickey or whatever, but I see TCU getting this thing. I, I see TCU getting the chip. i am I- I just mark my word.
2: Ooh. Hey, Jay. Oh, I
3: like c- calling the shot. Jay, you're
2: in Alabama. Did you – I don't know if you watch Alabama, Kansas State. I am completely convinced that Crimson Tide would have rolled through this Final Four with ease. Not only would they have won in the Final Four, I think they would have had one or two blowouts in the Final Four.
6: Man, man, Perloff, you're, you're totally right, man. I looked at it, too. And I'm an Auburn fan, but, you know, I, I always, my motto is keep the title in the state. And But looking at that, and, you know, we got to see a fully healthy Alabama squad. Oh, and, yeah. and they even had players missing, but... I think they would have rolled this whole championship or this whole uh, playoff. But this is the best college football playoff I have ever seen. Anytime oh, yeah. you're watching football all day and you feel exhausted just from sitting on the couch, <laughs> watching it, you're hyperventilating and everything, this is this is the best I've ever seen. And then, like, the countdown was happening as the last kick went up Crazy. in that game. Like, who, you can't script it. You know what I mean? But this is, I mean... It's all the stars aligned. I wish all the playoffs. It's probably good. Alabama was not in it because they had a rolled everybody. We're not seeing anybody get rolled. This is why it's no. so good.
3: and I and I saw that Georgia opens up as a thirteen half point favorite over TCU. And Jay, thank you for the call. Thanks for checking in the New Year's resolutions and everything, and calling the TCU shot early. But I I saw the thirteen half point favorite. I was like, oh no no, no. Uh, yeah, way too, too big, big there, way too big. But the the give TCU a little more credit than that, or a lot more, but. How crazy, I was thinking about this. Okay, you're the kicker who misses and missed badly, badly. The Ohio State you know, kicker,
2: yeah. The Ohio State kicker, yeah. right. Yeah.
3: That's the first moment of 2023. Do you feel like, all right, get that out of the way now and things can only go up from here? Or do you say that's a bad omen for the rest of the, or the rest of your year? For the kicker? Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think there was nothing good about that kick. I'm assuming he's not the kicker next year uh that was not well, good
3: <laughs> probably not i but i mean i was no thinking, no no that's, all the,
2: w- that's the worst possible it's the
3: worst i, mean, I can't believe like, it so wasn't even close so you're it thinking wasn't even there's a
2: rationalization hey i got that out of the way <laughs>
3: <laughs> get it out of your system and maybe 2023 there's got to be something better in store honestly the guy was like consoling the the holder too so i thought maybe something went wrong with the hold That that kick wasn't even in the stratosphere, but the game itself was so great. CJ Stroud, so I I don't even know which game was better. I mean, they were both so incredible, but I honestly think that the game that's going to have the bigger fallout, we'll get to this on the other side of the update, is what happens now with Jim Harbaugh Mm. in Michigan. We'll get to that because that was a really badly coached game by Jim Harbaugh. So we got that to get to college football playoff breakdown reaction We'll give you some thoughts on the title game as well. Got a lot to do here today. Feel free to call in with your New Year's resolutions as well. 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4227. We'll get some Jim Harbaugh talk.
2: All right, Maggie. Big decision coming up for Giants head coach Brian Dable. Do you play your starters against the Eagles in Week 18? Now, the Eagles, my Eagles, I might say, are playing for the number one seed.
1: Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Locked
2: into number six. Yeah. So they don't really need to play their their starting quarterback, Daniel Jones. Now, I hope they sit everybody, but I'm not scared of Daniel Jones because I was stuck on a plane yesterday watching the Giants-Colts game. The Colts <laughs> yeah. are not an NFL team right now. I don't know what's going on there, but the Giants <laughs> are the most predictable offense I've ever seen in my life, They are nothing but a string of nine-yard scrambles by Daniel Jones and then a nice play by Saquon. They are so predictable and boring, and I don't understand. I understand they're in the playoffs, but I don't understand, is there any real quarterbacking going on with Daniel Jones? And I'm not quite sure I see it.
3: Okay, they have to be boring because I would dare anybody who's not a diehard Giants fan to name their receivers.
2: Oh, their receivers? are Who are those guys? (laughs)
3: People remember Darius Slayton because he was a late draft pick. who had a little chemistry with Jones, but like, you know, you, you, these guys are are just like journeymen. Kenny Galladay is their highest paid wide receiver. That was a mistake. He doesn't even get into the game. He's out there in a in a uniform, standing on the sidelines, getting paid seventy million dollars or whatever. It's embarrassing, but they have to be like this. And the fact that they played so well yesterday, I think they're getting a little overinflated. But Daniel Jones has done more for himself over the last month, I think, than basically anybody. What is he I done? mean, he went from—
2: what, what, well, basically, Where is he going? He,
3: so I, I think he's staying with the Giants, which I never thought was possible. Never thought was possible. And, and I can't say, oh, Brian Dayball and Joe Shane, the general manager, knew the magic. They didn't. They didn't pick up his fifth-year option. This was a total prove-it deal. This is— there's actually been two prove-it deals going on in New York. Aaron Judge was the first one, and Daniel Jones is the second one. Now, Aaron Judge obviously got a lot more money than Daniel Jones will probably ever make in his life, but if Daniel Jones and the Giants can go on a little bit of a run, it's going to feel like that bet on yourself. He didn't really have a, a option they, to bet on, but to bet on himself. They didn't pick up his fifth-year option, but it's going to go down as all-time great. I, I just like a great season to save his career. Cause that's he what he was staring touchdowns. at.
2: Maggie has 15 touchdowns. He's right. No, he's I, got I, the same passing numbers as Russell Wilson.
3: Wow. Well, stinks.
2: There's not some they're, weird contract that all of a sudden they're going to give him. Like, what do you think he's, how can you compare him to Aaron judge? He might get tagged, but he might not get tagged. He's not getting anything near that. And if they do that, they're crazy.
3: No, I, this is, this is looking like three years but actually like two. And I don't, because I'm not sure exactly where the upgrade is. You're going to sell me that Derek Carr's the upgrade? I don't think that's going to work. So
2: wait, okay. So you you think you could sign, Daniel Jones, Is pro, he could be a free agent. It's very likely they tag, he is, yeah. they're going to tag Saquon, which is actually the national media is reporting that they're going to tag Daniel Jones, but I think they're going to tag Saquon. Because if you tag Daniel Jones at 30 million, there goes your cap. Right, so so it makes more sense to tag Saquon, and then Daniel Jones. You sure he's going to sign a two-year deal? He's a true free agent, so he has a lot of leverage. I don't know. This is this is where you got to be careful if you're the Giants because if you're going to invest in him, you're in a weird spot because he is a full-on running quarterback who's six four and he's a gigantic target out there. Can this be sustainable? I'm not sure. Okay,
3: but but it's a fair question. But look at what we're seeing across the NFL, right? Right. I mean the dual threat quarterbacks like Jones actually does have an arm. He just can't use it because his wide receivers are not good. How do you know but,
2: that? How do you know that he well, has a sharp passing mentality? I don't know that he has that.
3: I you've seen some flashes. I mean, this is granted going back to his rookie season. It was two coaches ago and it was feels like a lifetime ago, but he actually was good on balls of over 20 plus yards. He's but at year, that, he a,
2: this is his career high in passing yards the 3200 Maggie. This is yeah, that's very, very low.
3: Well, also the first time he's probably played a full season, right? Because he's been injury prone, which is the other thing that's been a knock on him, where he missed the last five games last year, right, with a spine injury. I thought this was the end for Daniel Jones. Quite frankly, I thought the Giants would be in the mix for like the number one overall pick, and it's a it's a credit, a testament to their coaching staff to having the easiest schedule in the NFL and to Daniel Jones leaning into the things that he does well, which is Wait, running the ball.
2: It's, it's a credit and testament to them having the easiest schedule in the NFL. Yeah, that's not an you achievement. you got to
3: factor it in.
2: Yeah, I know. I, I'm, I'm well aware that the Eagles are vying for the number one seed and the Cowboys have four losses because of this. The NFC East got a gift in playing the AFC South. I'm fully aware of that. So you're right. I definitely factor. I think that's the biggest factor behind the success. I think the Giants are going to be cautious with Daniel Jones. I don't think they want to get caught in some sort of bidding war for him and end up well, paying way he- much more than they should.
3: I hear you there. Let's go to the phones. Eric is in New York, wants to talk about Daniel Jones's contract. Hey, Eric, how you doing?
2: Hey, good. Happy New Year,
5: guys.
3: Happy New Year. What do you think about DJ?
5: So that is why I'm calling. And first of all, Maggie, I want to wish your bills good luck tonight. Um, Thank you.
3: Appreciate it.
5: You're welcome. And Maggie, this is Eric, Robin's husband.
3: I can tell. How you doing? Okay. Happy New Year.
5: <laughs> Happy New Year. Hey, so yeah, that's why I was calling about Daniel Jones, which is it's very funny. Going into the season, Giant fans like myself, I think we all felt like, you know, this is the end of Daniel Jones. We have new, a new regime in. But the way he's played the season, almost every Giant fan I talk to says, we have to re-sign this guy. And the, the question is, I mean, he—I I think he's a, a fairly valuable free agent. There's not a ton of quarterbacks out there. I mean, do you think they can give him three years, eighty million, something in that ballpark? Because I, I don't think he, he's not going to get seven million, you know, seven years, three hundred million dollars. Obviously, no, no. But what, <laughs> yeah? What do you think they're going to do?
3: So I agree with Perloff that they—they they probably will not get into a bidding war. However, Eric, you're a diehard Giants fan. Can't you see this as a spot where where John Mara, the owner of the Giants, steps in to get something done a little a la Hal Steinbrenner did with Aaron Judge? I'm telling you, John John Mara is giving out quotes like, "I'm finally, you know, walking into the stadium not getting booed. People aren't telling me to sell the team. I think they want to keep the positive mojo going. Maybe a three years, eighty million might get it done and then figure out what you're doing in another two years to see if you possibly need to replace him.
2: I just got this terrible flashback to when ownership wanted to keep Eli Manning around too long and made a completely unwise choices at quarterback. Honestly, if yeah, that, well, if John Mayer is Eli interesting- had a little
3: more gravitas with the fan base. Well, and I know Danny I, Dimes is the best. This but, is, you
2: know. you know, this is actually the real NFL. You can't afford, like, you have to be smart about your quarterback contract here. And I'm not sure what the future of the Giants is. I'm not, I love Brian Dable. I think he should be coach of the year. I don't see where this is all going. And I don't know what they do with Saquon either, which is an even bigger conundrum. Well,
3: Eric, with, thanks whatever. so much for the call. Happy New yeah, Year. No. Sorry, we're up against the top of the break. Say hi to everyone for me. It's so good to hear from you. I don't think we solved the Giants quarterback conundrum for Eric no. we'll try harder uh, Jim Harbaugh what happens now that Michigan was upset by TCU in the college football playoff does he go back to the NFL one team is already interested we'll get to that in just a moment don't move more Maggie and Pearl off straight ahead
1: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns including right here in yours